And the truth is, you know, we talk directly to the patient, in this case, the president of the United States, who tells us things are going great. The whole world heard directly from the doctor who said things are going great. I mean, to me, if the patient and the doctor say things are great and you, and you hear from both of them and see both of them, to me, that's sort of case closed, really. Okay, that's a Trump campaign guy on with Chris Wallace yesterday, and we got more of that coming up in a second. That was just denying that the chief of staff to the president, Meadows, then told the press, no, he was in bad shape yesterday. We were giving him oxygen. We were a little worried. He was touch and go there for a while. <laughs> What's going on there? I don't know. And then, you know, I tweeted that out and got beat up in the normal way for believing the bad people and whatever. Well, the, yeah. The, it was it was pretty well confirmed that it was the chief of staff that said that, and then the audio came out yesterday. He did say that to the press. I liked our learned listener's explanation. It was HIPAA. The doctors were only authorized to discuss what had happened at Walter Reed. We can't run the world that way. We can't have the HIPAA laws involved in briefings on... Unless you're just going to come out and say HIPAA laws... I don't pr- understand why the doctors wouldn't say that. Don't allow us to say anything. Right. Listen, we're only because authorized you, to talk about what happened here. Because if you didn't do anything, you wouldn't have to cite HIPAA laws. So saying HIPAA law prevents me from answering that question admits that he was on oxygen. Um, no, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Yeah, you. you I don't think you can if give I any news good If I got a band-aid on my pinky before I was admitted to the hospital... And they and they saw it. They couldn't talk about the placing of that Band-Aid on my pick. I hate the HIPAA laws. They've been nothing but a pain in my ass. You know, we need fewer HIPAA laws and more hippie laws when I was to bring sick, the hippies under control. When I was sick, when my kids have been sick, when my wife has been sick, when coworkers have been sick, they've been nothing but bad. I don't know of a single example of it protecting somebody from some awful information. Yeah, I don't know who wants to know that, uh, you know, I don't know. I would post, my elbow I would post my <laughs> lifetime health information on a public website today, and I think most people would. I don't so care. So much gonorrhea. <laughs> you see, it spiked there in the early 90s. Um, it did not. I've never had gonorrhea. <laughs> that you couldn't get rid of with a shot. <laughs> no, I'm like those doctors on Saturday. He has not had oxygen today, correct? He so does has, not. He, has he ever had oxygen? <laughs> You're correct. Yeah, he's not had it today. Nor Wednesday. <laughs> Wait a minute. I said ever. <laughs> he does not have gonorrhea today. <laughs> um, uh, so what's the latest in case somebody's just tuning in? The president's still in the hospital. He's tweeting like crazy in all caps. Fight the corrupt fake news media. Vote. Save our Second Amendment. Vote. These are all different tweets, by the way. Okay. Better and cheaper health care. Vote. Second Amendment, vote, and just and so pe- that's become kind of a meme. People aren't taking this seriously on the uh, on the social media, unfortunately. Oh, what it's become a, a meme? Coffee, vote. Somebody tweeted at us. <laughs> Parking space, vote. Uh, it is a bit Come of a, an explosion of pent up tweeting. It would seem coming out of the president, but I I take that to mean he is uh, feeling much better. And the seven eight day mark is where you either get significantly worse or you're in the clear and he's right there roughly today they think so we'll find out you know, like in 24 48 hours whether or not he's uh he's out of the woods probably get back to the white house but then he ain't gonna be uh, doing any big rallies for a couple of weeks there's no doubt about that well a uh, week anyway depending on when he uh tests uh covid free um what do we got left five weeks tomorrow or is it four weeks tomorrow? I, oh, I think Biden tweeted out 30 days. Yeah. Yesterday four, or four, the day before? Four weeks tomorrow and uh, no, oh, yeah, no, exactly. no jumping on the rallies for a while. Anyway, a little more of the Trump campaign spokesman on with Chris Wallace on Fox News Sunday yesterday. 
We believe in mass. We also believe in some element of individual choice. People were distanced and they had been tested. Both of those things were true in that no, convention Steve, hall. No, they weren't and distanced and there were rules and there was no, there was they, no freedom of choice. I, they broke the Chris, rules. I was there, I was there like no, you were and they Steve, were distanced. Wh why those did they break the rules? Those chairs were not close together. Look, those chairs were not close together. And again, we also believe that people It doesn't can matter, Steve. The rules from the Cleveland Clinic, they were close together, Steve. And the rules okay. from the Cleveland Clinic were everybody wears you know, a mask. Why didn't Chris, they? Chris, the way you're starting to harangue me now actually reminds me of what you did to the president during that debate on Tuesday night when oh, he had yeah, debate, I, he, not I just Joe, him. No, and then he had to he had to debate not just Joe, Joe Biden but you as well. You were not a neutral moderator then. I don't mind tough questions. I welcome you know reasonably tough questions. But what I don't think is okay is for you to become the effective opposition to the president. Okay, and those everyone there was it, tested it, it, in the crowd. They were distanced from each other. People can make reasonable Steve, decisions that, for themselves. No, they actually they can't. They're the rules, and they'll be kicked out next time, Steve, let me just simply say the president interrupted me and the vice president 145 times. So I object to saying I harangued the president. I know it's the talking point. So that was a feisty little thing. And that was Trump's campaign guy doing what you're supposed to do, I guess. But um, I heard some clips of the debate again this morning, oddly enough. And uh, it became clear to me that Chris Matthews, who's uh, Chris Matthews, Chris Wallace, who's a proud man. Uh, and a feisty man. Uh, he and I have some overlap, personality-wise. <laughs> it, it was clear to me he had to win the argument with the president. He said, listen, gentlemen, I think it would be uh, much better if uh, we inter for the American people if we interrupted each other less and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And then he'd say, Mr. President, do you agree to that? And the president would say, well, we're both interrupting people. Mr. President, you're interrupting more. I believe you've interrupted more. If he was really going to be a referee, he'd have just said, look, we're not going to interrupt each other. Are we cool with that? Right. And not decided it was a personal test of wills. To the substance of that conversation, um, the Trump team, uh, everybody was required to wear masks that was sitting out there. Mm -hmm. Melania, Ivanka, all the people that mostly now have COVID that were traveling with Trump. Um, they were required to wear masks. That was part of the agreement with the debate, and they took them off when they sat down. And uh, also, according to Chris Wallace, who tweeted out over the weekend, it was also an agreement that they all get tested for COVID. Well, Trump showed up too late to do the COVID test, and they had to use the honor system and and just take his word that he did get tested earlier that would have been, you know, it is possible. I suppose it's possible he took a test and tested positive. It was one of those quickie tests, and they thought, nah, it can't be. Um, but we don't want to say that because then it throws everything off. And or it could be, but we're going to do the debate. Yeah, because well, that would have been a hell of a thing with the anticipation going into that debate. If they, if the announcement had come like a half hour beforehand, the president has tested positive. We're going to have to postpone the debate. That timeline would work. He found out that day, uh-oh, I've got it, or I might have it if this test is reliable. Yeah. And well, something tells me they're not giving them the cheapo drugstore test. Well, apparently they all were taking the cheapo test. Really? They've been taking that regularly. With the with the high uh, false positives and high false negatives? Yeah, and he failed that one on Wednesday. Why don't you just use a Ouija board? He failed that one on Wednesday. Possibly Tuesday, I'm thinking. But he failed that one on Wednesday, and then they got the real test. That's when he was... Uh, this is speculating. No, that's absolutely no. 
He he failed one of the quickie tests on Wednesday. Oh, Wednesday. That's, that's the day after yeah, the debate. That's, right, right. That's when he was on with Hannity and talking about, you know, possible exposure and that sort of stuff. They had failed the quickie test, and then yeah, they got yeah. the real test, and then that came back. And then right. that's where this got going. But I wonder. I wonder if he actually didn't take the test before the debate as was required, or they took it and the quickie test tested positive. That's probably the way I would have handled it. Timeline fits. And uh, those quickie tests, uh, half the time they're wrong. I can't have it. And uh, Or I'd think I feel fine. I'm going to stay away from everybody, and I'm going to give Joe Biden the rough side of my tongue. He might have made the, the willful decision. I'm going to no. go ahead. I'm not gonna. But so next debate, the commission says anybody who doesn't wear because a mask. it was the next night they said he was feeling kind of funky. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, a next debate, the commission is saying if you don't follow the rules, you'll be kicked out. So I don't know if uh, actual bouncers would come and grab Melania by her skinny model arms and haul her out of there, or what, or, or Zabrinka, or or anybody else. Uh, yeah, it could happen. Got some uh, mall cop standing over. Put on your mask. I choose not to. You got to admit, it's not the best look that in the debate he mocked masks and his family sat out there without their masks, even though that was the rules, and now they all have COVID. In what way? <laughs> I guess uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, okay. I don't get what you're saying. Yeah. What I don't understand your point, Jack. Guy who says, I, I don't need no stinking helmet, and the next minute, the next pitch hits him in the head and knocks him unconscious. Yes. That would get your attention. It's unfortunate. I did hear a doctor over the weekend say, look, if you wear a mask and socially distance, you're not going to get this thing. It's that simple. Yeah. And uh, he said, and I I bet he's right. He said, we're going to be wearing masks in public for years. Everybody should just get used to it. That's not going away. Fairs, concerts, we're going to be wearing masks for years. Please design one that doesn't fog up my damn glasses. That's my problem. I have to. If I have my glasses outside my mask, they they get all crooked or start to fall off. Yeah. If it's inside the mask, they fog up and I can't see anything. I run into walls and whatnot. Right. Well, you don't want that. No. Die yeah. of a head injury. COVID free, but yeah, we dead. do we walk do, a little slower. Dead fish. <laughs> we probably do need to take a step forward in mask development if we're going to wear them for years. There can't be this one size fits all. I mean, we have a package of masks. My head, my wife's head, my 10-year-old's head, and my 8-year-old's head are all quite different in size. Yeah. Well, and I so on some the, of them, uh, private, they hang down here, and some of them, they're tight. Private enterprise, the free market, will do yeah. precisely that. They will come up with a perfect custom-fit mask that you'll know your, your noggin size, your ear-to-ear span. Exactly. Or whatever term they yeah. come out with. Yeah, sure. You're right. Yeah. There'll yeah. be like four measurements. Oh, yeah, with your favorite ball club and or a slogan. Or You're kind of horse faced, so we need a longer vertical. Are you talking to me? No, <laughs> somebody in general. I'm much more pumpkin headed than horse faced. Hey, you're not a horse faced. Thank you. Neither am I. I'm pumpkin headed. Certainly. Yeah. I'm a bowling ball ish. Yeah. Um, I did watch the pandemic episode of South Park, the season premiere, and there was a lot of funny stuff in there. I, I liked the mock in the chin diaper, though. Hey, nice chin diaper. The, the people that wear the mask but have it down around their chin. How do you get away with that? I see people at restaurants and various places that that doesn't count. Yeah. We all know that, right? You're not doing anything <laughs> by having it hang down around your chin. Right, right. Yeah, I know it. The NFL coaches are big on that these days. Wearing the chin diaper. <laughs> oh, boy. So uh, Jim Acosta accidentally uh, told the truth and forgot to delete it. You'll enjoy that. The hmm. obnoxious reporter from CNN. Also, uh, a, a tale of trying to open a business in a progressive city. Okay. 
gosh, I can't imagine why our economy is going to hell. Uh, that and and much more to come. And much more than that. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We'll take down the pharmaceutical companies with a plan that slashes the cost of prescription drugs mm. up to 60%. Mm. Medicare will be able to negotiate prices for drugs. Now, we have another clip of him doing that a couple of weeks ago where he's raising that. their prices on prescription drugs <laughs> that union families and working people have to rely Clearly, on. Is that like the new term for breast implants? Clearly, Joe Biden cannot <coughs> say prescription drugs. It's just not something he can do. Right. And he's got a town hall tonight, which, uh, depending on how scripted it is and whether or not he's reading off a teleprompter, is a, an opportunity for him to say funny things. But he did good in the debate. So, of course, he didn't get to speak really. <laughs> Not raising their prices on prescription jugs. A uh, handful <laughs> of uh, things appropriate of uh, very little. Uh, we appreciate Jeff sending this uh, to us. It's Jim Acosta three years ago. Trump condemns KKK and white supremacists while commenting on Charlottesville. Racism is evil. Then, only a few days ago, Trump has finally condemned white supremacists on Hannity. Somebody sent us a collection a while back of all the times Trump has disavowed white supremacists. There's quite a list, and yet the narrative remains, and every time somebody's in front, will you disavow white supremacists again? What the heck? Speaking of which, piece in the Washington Post I found interesting over the weekend. Do you remember the the shooting in Kenosha? Where the uh, 17-year-old lad with the the rifle ended up shooting several people, killed two of them. A mentally ill man, a heavily armed teenager, and the night Kenosha burned is the title of the the story. Cast by conservatives as a battle between Antifa agitators and a right-wing patriot, this summer's deadliest protest-related incident was not quite what it seemed. Uh, Yes, although as usual, the Washington Post is grotesquely biased. I read the entire piece. It's so interesting. The three people were sh- the three people who were shot. Two of them have serious mental illness problems. The the two folks who are deceased. Hmm. The one guy who you heard referred to as a uh, child molester, he had a long history of abuse as a child. Oh boy! And then became an abuser. Yeah. Out of work. Drug addict, living on the streets, trying to get his life together. A story that is tragic from beginning to end. He was out there because he just felt like it was the thing to do. But nobody's quite sure why he decided to engage the young man. They think he just he had a rough run in with somebody else with a gun and decided he wanted to fight him. Then we saw the uh, the guy with the skateboard. He too, drug addict, homeless. Just t- t- terrible life, awful, trying to figure out who he was and, and was out there in the streets because it felt like he had a purpose. 
And when he saw the kid with the rifle, he decided to bash him in the head after he saw him shoot the the first guy who was a crazy person who attacked the young man with the gun. That is beyond dispute now. Even the WAPO stated, yeah, the guy had had a bad run-in with another militia-looking guy, and so he might have mistaken the young man for the same guy and decided he wanted to fight him, so went after him. So the first shooting was undeniably self-defense. And the second one was the kid with the skateboard who tried to bash him over the head and take his gun. The third one was the uh, young would-be paramedic. He's a former EMT who is also out of work and trying to find his way through life, who is out there trying to help people in case they got hurt. He was a regular protester slash uh, rioter medical aid guy. So no matter which side of this you want to you know, concentrate on, the idea that all of these people were hardcore activists on one side or the other, it's just doesn't seem to be so there's a bunch of crazy people running around in the street now the young man with the rifle thought he was for better or worse defending private property because the cops weren't and the national guard uh, wasn't Um, so at any rate there's that Uh, moving along also apropos of nothing the headline is tens turn out to see bernie sanders campaign for joe biden in new hampshire and indeed, Bernie held a big rally, and there appear to be 25 people, maybe. Bernard Sanders. <laughs> That's the fellow. During his remarks, the socialist Sanders praised uh, Biden's economic proposals as strong. They point out that Sanders actually narrowly won the primary there in February, barely edged out Pete, but edge, 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 they say. Why they probably took Trump to the hospital on Friday on the way, among other things. Armstrong and Getty. it seriously huh we got to take it serious you know like i watch the republicans take it serious you know you watch fox news sean hannity's mean every day he's looking you in the camera he's telling you it's the end of the world listen to me and every time i see anderson cooper he's with andy cohen on new year's eve blowing a kazoo <laughs> drinking a rose it's like Believe Sean. What do you, expect? you know, Walter Cronkite was like the most respected man in news. You know why? Because we never saw him in shorts. Okay. <laughs> wow. Um. Uh. It's been this way my whole life, and you know, you're used to it if you lean right. But everything is presented to you in pop culture from the left as if it's all talking to the left, and you're like a. If you're on the right, you're like a bystander watching the rest of the country do their stuff. It's like watching a couple people speak Spanish. It's interesting. You're not being included. We're almost ready to announce the Armstrong and Getty County of the Week, Jack. Okay. (laughs) A beloved Monday tradition here that I just started. The County of the Week. I look forward to that. Well, stay tuned, especially if you're in Polk County, Florida. We'll tell you why. Okay. Um, uh, I'm wearing shorts and sipping a a rosé. Some breaking news. Kaylee McEnany, the press spokesman for Trump, has tested positive like everybody else that's talked to him in the last several weeks. I wonder how Chris Christie's doing. 
As a big old boy. He's 60 and giant. But yeah. anyway. Well, that's too bad. Plus, some, you gal, she's a mom. You know, her kids need her. Here's some information on why the president might have ended up at Walter Reed on Friday. Believe it was COVID-19. Uh, yeah, that was it. But I haven't examined the president personally. Reading from the dispatch, and this is a reminder, I remember knowing this early on, but I'd forgotten it, I guess. One notable characteristic of this vile disease is long bed that the pneumonia it causes doesn't feel as oppressive as other ammonias. The dramatic spike in home deaths in the early days of the pandemic was due in large part to the phenomenon of patients convalescing at home who felt fine, but their oxygen levels were creeping stealthily down before cratering all at once. Here's and, t- and I remember that they would ventilate them and it didn't help, which was quite mystifying. It was too late. Here's one doctor describing what was going on back in April, and this is probably why they were worried with the president on Friday. Unlike a lot of other illnesses that affect the lungs, patients seem to be relatively comfortable at home. But at the same time, if you check their oxygenation of their blood, it's rather low compared with most other pneumonias. But they seem to compensate well for it until they get down to about 91%, and then they just plummet. And at that point, if they're not in the hospital and they don't have access to oxygen and other therapeutics, they basically die within a matter of hours. Wow. A lot of elderly people living alone, getting by, they're on the phone with their family saying, I'm sick, but I'm okay, don't worry about me, and then they're dead in a couple of hours. So there's some sort of spiraling crash that happens with that low oxygen level? Uh, organ failure, I guess? Trump's own people, with their evasive statements about oxygen on Saturday, declined to say whether Trump had ever dipped below 90%. Um, But if he got down low, he would have been flirting with that cratering, and that's probably why they got him over to Walter Reed right away. That's kind of interesting. And the fact that Trump had one of his best friends die this thing in four days mm. um, a couple months back. I mean, that had to be on his mind. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. So I think we've nailed down that some of the conflicting reports over the weekend had to do with the the doctors who were at the press conference. They're bound by HIPAA regulations. And they hadn't been cleared to discuss anything that happened prior to the president's well, okay. admission at the hospital. If, I wish they'd said that. If you're going to feel, if you're going to treat the president like any other citizen that he's bound by HIPAA regulations, then you can't send him out there to answer questions, obviously. It doesn't work. Or have him make it clear. Listen, we're only authorized to discuss what has happened since he's become our patient here at Walter Reed. What happened Friday uh, is we cannot address by law. Uh, what's your question? I don't understand well, why no, they didn't no, approach it like but that. You can release uh, your HIPAA. You know, you sign sure. a form. We've all done that. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're going to have doctors come out and talk about the president, have him say, yeah, go ahead, say what you want to say. Or don't. You know, uh, while I appreciate, I think you're right. I think you're failing to appreciate the first, this that this is the first time we've had to deal with this during the HIPAA era. And, and nobody thought of it. But the doctors who have this up to their ear and have it badgered into them day after day by their hospital's legal departments just got out there and did what doctors do it's also the first time we've dealt with anything like this in the 24-hour news cycle clickonomics twitter era right why won't you tell us whether or not reagan is okay you haven't updated us in 10 minutes 10 because the soviet union has missiles pointed at us that's one of the reasons um maybe that just needs to be the answer we'll let you know when we uh, when we want to, when it You'll suits be the national security of the United States of America. Now shut up. Yeah. Um, All right. You don't so, have to tell them shut up. So senators in the Senate, you have to vote in per- in person. That's the rule. 
you've got a couple of senators, Republicans, that have the vid right now, mm-hmm. which means they can't go into that chamber. Right. And they can't vote. Not for now, no. So that vote, whenever that vote happens, they need to make sure that they got enough healthy people to, to show up. For it, Amy Coney Barrett, you mean? Of course, yeah, mm-hmm. for the Supreme Court thing. And uh, they only got a couple of to spare. Right now, they're down a couple because of the COVID. So right. that's a problem. That's, that's a it, stupid rule, by the it, way, that you have to be in person to vote in the modern era. It's a potential problem we'll have to see. They can hold the hearings virtually. Mitch McConnell has uh, been discussing this. And yeah, absolutely. They'll have everybody watching at home on their laptop. Uh, then when it comes to the actual voting, I actually heard it discussed that they could change that rule, I think, by a simple majority. I could be wrong on that. Um but I also am pretty optimistic that Mitch will uh, inform the fellows are very important that we all uh, don't get the vid, so stay home. So I'm sure they'll isolate the heck out of themselves, and they'll have uh, 50 votes uh, come whenever they vote. Did you see the Senate race in North Carolina? So you had the Republican announce over the weekend that he has COVID. The Democrat, a bunch of texts of him sexting some other woman not his wife came out yeah so the democrats sexting a mistress the republican has covid but they're both staying in the race and uh, we'll see how that turns out i really like this uh yesterday from our good friend tim sandifer so ida b wells the writer of the 1619 project uh hannah what's her name jones something hannah uh i can never remember her hyphenated name her Screen name on Nicole Twitter. Hannah-Jones. Nicole Hannah-Jones. Her screen name on Twitter is Ida Bay Wells, who was an old-timey civil rights uh, pioneer who died in 1919. It's it's like me using the screen name, I don't know, uh, Don Imus on Twitter. It's just odd. But anyway. Huh. I knew it was a, what do you call it, pen name, but I didn't know the reasoning for the pen name. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah I, I Googled it. just. To, well, I searched it up. I'm sorry. I mentioned the evil G word. Anyway, she was doing a little back and forth with people over the weekend tweeting. And you remember the backstory a little bit is that uh, the whole 1619 Project thing, some of the things that she has tweeted and the New York Times has printed have disappeared with no explanation. Right. They've just basically undermined their entire premise and right. not explain even they've not even admitted that they have let alone explained why which is a shame, a shame because some of the essays in the project were pretty good some were utter crap anyway the author of the 1619 project tweeted i think the best course of action for me tonight is not to tweet to which tim sanderfer replied in saltier than usual language yes from tim the lawyer yes or you could tweet then lie about what you tweeted, then call your critics racists, then say there's no such thing as objective truth anyway, then delete your tweets. <laughs> I thought that was pretty damn good. I'd say the right and the left. Nice. And uh, finally on me as I'm going through my notes, I don't know if you saw the hot TikTok of last week. It was that guy. What was he doing? Was he skateboarding? skateboarding longboarding, yeah. Yeah. Drinking cranberry juice. Yes. Uh, I have a theory Excellent that it was for not, the urinary tract. My theory is it's not just cranberry juice. but Oh, that, that's Lord. A, that's a popular um, mixer, isn't it? Oh, with, yeah, uh, absolutely. Some With some cultures to uh, just to drink out of your big ocean spray can- cranberry juice uh, plastic container. For instance, vodka, perhaps, and cranberry? Ooh, that sounds delightful. Oh, and a splash of soda? Anyway, Will the- these drunks go to n- <laughs> no limits? <laughs> Joe was unimpressed, but I thought it was pretty good art. It was just because it was such a, it was sucked you in. It, it was a, there was a Fleetwood Mac song going, 
And he's cruising along on his skateboard, drinking cranberry juice. And you think, what is this? Where is this going? Then all of a sudden he starts singing perfect lip syncing with Stevie Nicks. Dreams, right. Yeah, I just, it was very vibey. I just thought, why is this a big thing? The modern world mystifies me. me. Anyway, over the weekend, some old guy put out another one, and it's Mick Fleetwood doing the same thing, which is just hilarious. That is funny. Just think of the the power of the internet in this one scenario, right? A, a, A gentleman who has some TikTok accounts and some followers enough to kind of get get a little traction going, makes a bit of a tribute to this song that he is apparently a fan of. Mm-hmm. One of the people involved in making that song sees his video and makes a tribute to the guy who made the video. Right. That's phenomenal. Well, and, and the song goes straight to the top of whatever charts there are these days, I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah. But the thing that struck me most about Mick Fleetwood of Fleetwood Mac uh, doing that little TikTok um tip of the cap was i thought geez how old is this guy at this point i mean because he's his first band was uh in the in the mid late 60s like 67 he's still younger than both of the presidential candidates Ah, he's still younger than trump and biden check your figures i think he's 73 and trump's 74 he seriously had hit records in the 60s not even the late 60s What the what? And That's yeah, something. He's still younger than the presidential candidates. How is that well, not a joke? Possible? If you retired to Maui to smoke pot and chill, you'd be you'd be relaxed and youthful looking too. Good for Mick Fleetwood, fine hammerer of the skins. Um, our Armstrong and Getty County of the Week coming up. Fantastic. We should uh, let you hear how Jim Carrey sounded as Joe Biden on Saturday Night Live. Because that was getting a lot of buildup. Simpsons debuted a new episode last night too, which uh, oh, that's some... right. And I have that uh, story about trying to open a business in San Francisco. That's all good stuff. They're building a utopia, a progressive utopia. You know what I wouldn't do? Touch that dial. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You've had the same entry-level job your whole career. Hey, don't knock entry-level, Marge. At least I don't have to wear long-sleeve shirts, go to webinars, and supervise a bunch of entry-level losers with their short-sleeve shirts. (laughs) (laughs) That is from last night's season 32. Still funny. Homer's still funny. Fabulous. <laughs> Jackie, tale of two counties, if you will, here on the Armstrong and Getty Show. First of all, the Armstrong and Getty County of the Week, a long-running fan favorite here <laughs> that I just started today. Today's Michael, do you have the fanfare ready? This week's winner, Polk County, Florida. <laughs> Largest city, beautiful Lakeland. Eh. I spent yeah. a night in Lakeland. County seat is Bartow. I spent a night in Lakeland once. Did you really? Mm-hmm. I spent a little quality time down there. My uh, great aunt used to live in that area with her uh, her, uh, her husband, um, who was actually the father of the former Secretary of State, which is why I, I'm sorry, Secretary of Defense, which is why I claim to be a cousin mm-hmm. to his, which was a stretch at best. But at any rate, story from Polk County, Florida, and, and this is, a, remember, a tale of two counties. 
Polk County Sheriff's Office deputies have arrested a suspect who attempted to carjack four vehicles and caused several crashes. Attempt number one. Sheriff Grady Judd, who we're going to hear from in a minute, Sean, later identified as uh, the suspect, 32-year-old Christopher Hendricks, ran up to a gray Colorado, Chevy Colorado, parked at the pumps of the Marathon gas station, tried to get inside. Female driver pumped gas at the time, sprayed Hendricks with gasoline from the hose. When she saw him trying to get into the car, he ran off. He jumped into another victim's car, a Burgundy Town and Country van that was parked nearby. Sheriff Judd said the owner of the van was standing outside the grocery and gas store when he saw the suspect. The owner, who happens to be a concealed weapons permit holder, drew his gun and pointed it at the suspect, who ran for his life. Strike two. Uh, he says, I took off running, pulled out my firearm, pointed out at the windshield, and screamed at him, get out of my vehicle now. He did it immediately, and I disengaged. I'd have to give a word of warning. Be careful, because all concealed carry holders are not as polite as I am. Hendricks, the suspect, ran from the scene. He ran into State Road 557, jumped off the side of the overpass onto I-4 westbound. Good idea. Causing a box truck to slam into his brakes, uh, set off a chain reaction. A driver of a green Chevy pickup who witnessed the truck's crash pulled onto the shoulder to help, and Hendricks tried to get into that car. Deputies say the truck's doors were locked, so Hendricks then ran across I-4 to the other shoulder, got in the passenger seat of red Chevy Equinox, whose driver had also stepped to help. The driver of the Equinox looked at him, took the keys out of the ignition, jumped out of the car. Deputies responded to the area and finally uh, arrested the yay-hoo. The yay-hoo. Uh, said the sheriff, this violent, convicted felon was bound and determined to forcibly steal a car in this morning, but our citizens said, not today. Go ahead, play the clip. You know what is really cool about Polk County? We fight back. We fight back against criminals. Well, I'm grateful nobody was seriously injured. I'm also very proud of these four victims for keeping their wits about them and refusing to allow this man to take what's mm-hmm. theirs. That's Polk County freaking Florida. Our county of the week. <laughs> And then you have San Francisco County, where they're building a progressive utopia. Do you remember this story? It was in the news about a month ago. We talked about it. The hearing over whether an ice cream shop should be allowed mm. to, to open. Right. Jason Yu wants to serve ice cream. That's all he wants. But 16 months after signing a lease on a shop at 20th and Valencia... More than $150,000 in the hole. You has nothing to show for it. We're just trying to make ice cream, you know, he says. He's a San Francisco native, grew up in Chinatown, trying to raise two children. He said, it's so simple and my plans are nowhere near approved. I'll give you the short version. Yu's dream turned nightmare began in late 2018 when he decided to open matcha and more, a shop serving green tea flavored soft serve ice cream, along with other treats. Landed a long vacant storefront, a lease on a long vacant storefront on 20th. Signed a lease for $7,300 a month, figuring he'd be open in a few months. Hired an architect, uh, electrical, front counter, etc. No structural changes were planned. The outside of the building wouldn't be touched. He just needed to put in slightly different equipment. He submitted his plans to the Department, Department of Building Inspection, mid-2019, November 2019. First step was getting the okay from the planning department to operate the ice cream shop, even though a restaurant had already operated there and his shop fit the corridor zoning rules. The planning department, like always, required him to notify neighbors of the plan and allowed any one of them within 150 feet to object. Neighbors learned about the project in late February and had until mid-April to complain. 
so a couple of months. Somebody did complain, triggering a hearing at the Planning Commission, which can take 12 weeks to schedule a hearing. Wow. That's many months of rent flushed away at $7,300 a month. Wow. Because one neighbor doesn't like what's being allowed by the city. San Francisco, by the way, stands out among American cities for many reasons, and this ridiculous system is sadly one of them. In use case, the complaining neighbor was a competing ice cream shop. Oh, Doesn't wow. Doesn't take a genius. Wow. But he had to hire a lawyer and wait until June 11th to do any more work on his shop. Then the hearing came to the attention of social media. People live-tweeted the ridiculous waste of time with 64 people calling to weigh in on either side. Finally, the final caller, number 64, said, I support the new business. The whole process is dumb as S. Uh, after an hour and 15 minutes, the commission secretary uh, voted 7-0. Mach and Moore had the right to open. There was, in fact, quote, no extraordinary or exceptional circumstance in this case. The planning commission said, yeah, no kidding, it's an ice cream shop. But the Dilbert cartoon come to life had only just begun. He finally got his planning permit, uh, planning department permit. Uh, but only then could the real work to open a shop begin. Well, in theory, he's now stuck in the hell that has become San Francisco's Department of Building Inspection. They're backlogged by 3,000 requests for permits. This poor son of a gun is nowhere near opening his ice cream shop. He's way past 150 grand now with no revenue, heading for 200 grand. Just to open a little ice cream shop. Why would you even try? Why would you even try? It's your progressive utopia. Why are people moving out of that state? I can't imagine. Armstrong and Getty.